0: Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. Hi listeners, so I'm sorry that you had to wait two weeks for another episode, even though I said that you would only have to wait one week, Uh, but uh, I couldn't keep up. I kept getting sick on and off because I've been working too much and sleeping too little. And uh, yeah, a lot of performances and events and thesis deadline and going to Copenhagen, where I am now. So uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But for once, I just had to stop something for a moment. Uh, And today... Is my birthday and I am performing my thesis work here in Copenhagen tonight uh, but I still wanted to actually give you something to listen to because I I didn't want to just uh, leave you hanging but I did have to do one thing to make it more realistic so uh, today's episode is not the one with the Biennale walk with Miriam Gras and Sian Finci which was supposed to be this episode I usually always release the episodes chronologically as they're recorded but that episode requires a lot of editing and I simply haven't had time to do it yet uh, so now you're instead of getting the next episode I am fucking up the order a little bit now because it's pragmatic and so this episode is uh, an interview with Harina Reina, uh, who is my first ever return guest. And uh, yeah, it's it's like a kind of a one-take conversation in one room sitting down. So it was much easier to, to edit in short time. So yes, uh, sorry for leaving you waiting. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh the Biennale episode will come but uh, since the Biennale is already over I figured it doesn't matter so much that I uh, am postponing it but Harina's uh, exhibition is still on in Helsinki for a few more days so yeah releasing that today means you still have a chance if you hear this in time to actually go and see it okay thanks bye okay I'm gonna start Okay, <clears throat> hi, welcome to Verbal Art with Senja Ram, me, your hostess. Um, it's my podcast where I interview artists about the work that they do, visit their exhibitions or work studios or other places of importance. Um, today I am here in Hippolyte Gallery in Helsinki with Harina Daina who is the first ever return guest on the podcast. So this is curious for me because I've never had two conversations with the same person on on this podcast. So, hi Halina. Hi Xenia. You were here, or like we were not here, but um, you were on episode five. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we were in Huh? Yeah, we were
1: at uh, Ham Museum, Helsinki Art Museum and at the gallery they have, which was a, l- a lot bigger space than this and a lot darker. Uh, yeah, we are now in Hippolyte at the studio, studio room uh, which is like around 15, 15 square meters uh, and it's beside the main gallery and uh, a year and a half ago when we were recording the Uh, previous episode in HUM, uh, it actually has some continuation to this exhibition.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured, that it would be interesting to continue the conversation, because this is a new exhibition, but it's Mm. kind of a series, right? And you know the format so well, you already started describing the room, but also I have expanded a little bit, so now I begin with having people introduce themselves. Ah, nice. Yeah. So, welcome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I'm
1: uh, Harina Reina and I'm a visual artist. And uh, I graduated four years ago from the um, University Helsinki, from the Fine Art Academy. And I studied there my both my BA and MA in pre-making departments. And then I've been also doing some studies in Sweden and Japan. And um, I work actually with various mediums, like when I was a student, I made a lot of uh, moving image and performances. Uh, And uh, then, like after graduation, like the show in HUM was uh, actually only about printmaking. So I did uh, woodcuts and and photopolymers, which is um, uh, photography based um, intaglio printmaking. And uh, now this exhibition, it's uh, almost purely photography, which is quite a new thing for me, even I though uh, I've been doing uh, photo-based printmaking, and that's something what I've been also teaching at the, at the, at the Art University. But this is a quite new, new thing
0: for me. So, what is this exhibition called? Uh, volatile Shells volatile shells. And what is it we're looking at? You said we're in the studio part of the gallery, which is the smaller room in the gallery. It's like a square, small room, wide walls, quite a lot of light. And then, can you describe your works in here? Yeah, so this exhibition has uh, three parts. It
1: has a single um, photography with with oak frame and museum glass, which depicts uh, an oyster farm, Pacific oyster farm uh, during low tide in in Cancale, which is the oyster capital of Brittany, uh, of France. Uh, So it's it's showing uh, the seabed uh, with all kinds of uh, farming structures. And Mm -hmm. then the sea is uh, behind the farm. And then there's Can you
0: maybe just explain what an oyster farm is? Ah, yeah.
1: So uh, oysters are marine bivalves. Bivalves. So, um, so they are small animals uh, with two shells, and um, they are field feeders. So um, they they eat uh, algae and, and plankton, and there are like different. Um, species of oysters, actually a lot of different species, and Europe also has a native uh, species called European Flat Oyster. Uh, But because oysters naturally are very delicate uh, creatures, they are very delicate to different kinds of diseases and changes in the environment, for example if the level of salinity or temperature is changing. Uh, so that's why a lot of different oyster species are not doing well at these difficult, uh, like in environmental times we are living, uh, because um, the oceans are changing. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's why there is this, uh, like, um, or humans like have found this Pacific oyster, which comes from the Asian side of uh, Pacific, uh, which is. Um, quite resistant and fast-growing uh, oyster species. So that's kind of like uh, the super species of, of the oyster world and that has pr- been brought to uh, everywhere around the globe. Uh, mm-hmm. And France is um, uh, like where in Europe, like it's kind of the leading uh, um, well, manufacturer uh, of, of oysters and uh, also in Europe, um, the Pacific oyster like uh, rules that the the, the um, market um, for eating. Yes. Do
0: people eat all kinds of oysters or mm-hmm. No, situation? no, no. There's like a group of group
1: called edible oysters. For okay. example, the pearl pearl oysters are not usually eaten. Uh, so edible oysters are a, a bit different group. But these that you have worked with on the
0: farm, they are farmed for eating, right? Yes. Well, you really have become an expert during uh, this project, <laughs> Yeah. And <laughs> um, I was
1: doing a residency last summer in, in Paris. I was in Cité des Arts for, for three months. Okay. So this is kind of uh, the residency led me to uh, uh, this, this
0: topic. Oh, you didn't know you were going to be working with oysters and then you went to... No, that was,
1: that was on, on my mind. I, oh, this I, I forgot to tell that. So, so nowadays it's like uh, this Pacific oyster. It's uh, around ninety-five percent of all eaten oysters around the globe are Pacific oysters. So, so it's like almost almost every time a person is eating an oyster, it's a Pacific oyster. So okay. this is a very like uh, big dynamic or strong dynamic. Okay. Mm, yeah. But uh, because in the in the previous project I was doing, uh, which was about animal-based matter in uh, in water-based woodcut technique, which is the oldest printmaking technique, uh, there I was like uh, I got in contact uh, with this um, white pigment, which is made from oyster shells. Yeah, I remember you talked yeah. about that. Yeah, but yeah. a very different different like uh, species. That was a uh, uh, wild oyster species native in the Seto Inland Sea, which is uh, in Japan. And uh, there I, I learned that this, this is like the Jap- this is the Japanese traditional Japanese white pigment uh, which has been used over like uh, centuries. But uh, when I was in contact with the, uh, with the pigment farm in Kyoto, they say that' because it's endangered. The, the species, this, it's called Itabo oyster, uh, so that they had a storage, uh, like a huge pile in their yard, like, of those shells, and those shells were, uh, like, uh, kind of trash, because people had been using the, like, eating the oysters first, which had been harvested from, from the sea, where they were living uh, as wild animals, and, um, and then from the farm they say that this is kind of like a dying tradition that we use just this storage we have.
0: And that and there will be no more of this colour. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So
1: the first idea when I went to France was that, uh, because I learned that this, um, uh, this European oyster is very close relative to this, um, this uh, Itapa oyster. So I was first thinking that maybe I could make pigment out of those shells. But then, actually, uh, it when I was learning more about this topic, it became more interesting that there is this super species, this Pacific oyster. And then, what I learned uh, that uh, actually what the oyster farming is doing that they prevent the attachment of the of the oyster to their to their uh, 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 to their surroundings because in uh, in the wilds, when oysters live as wild animals, uh, they always because they have these two shells. So with the bottom shell, they always attach themselves to to, to a hard substrate, for example, a rock or something. A rock, or or they really like the shells of and like other oysters. That's why they form usually reefs. Okay. Uh, and uh, so they also they form themselves. Uh, around like each other or around a, a rock or something so that the, the shape that they are having is, um, is formed according to, to their chosen substrate uh, mm-hmm. and their environment. So this oyster farming is um, because of course uh, the sellers or the, the farmers they want to make individual animals because they want to sell
0: the individual oyster. Because when they're a big clump, it's harder to, you can't like break them apart and sell them as individual oysters. Yeah. And, and, and also, like customers, they don't like those weird shapes. The so, ugly okay, oysters. Yes. Oh, it's like the ugly vegetables being sorted oh, away yes. in the supermarket or the, way, yeah. Yeah.
1: So in the oyster farming, they prevent this attachment and, and that's why the, the kind of end product is is an individual animal, so so this is kind of like a path with a lot of steps, Mm -hmm. Uh, so so the kind of the the end so-called research topic I had, or the topic I got interested in, and what this exhibition is also, is about this uh, attachment, because now we come to this first question you had, (laughs) which was, what do we have in this room? Uh, so but it's good. We've learned so much. <laughs> so then, besides the, the the photography of the oyster farm, we have um, a series of fourteen uh, prints with white background and and a, a bit similar o frame. And in one one photography, all like all of them, they depict uh, a single um not a a shell of a single uh oyster, but a single kind of mm, piece uh and this know. is like and all of them are from um i wouldn't say um wild oysters but kind of uh leakages from from oyster farms and they are uh what does that mean well because uh these shells are picked from from three different different locations. Two from France, from uh, near that farm in Cancale and then in Bay which is another like a uh, very typical oyster like oyster farming region. Uh, and and, and all, all these like pictures uh, depict like Pacific oysters. So did, did you pick them? Well, now we, uh, I, I will tell so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know These <laughs> ones uh, from from France I picked okay. up. Okay. Um, uh, so they are like collected like very nearby the oyster farms. So 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 they've been kind of um, re, they've been rewilding, like so called. Uh, and then but then some of them uh, are collected from uh, the west coast of Sweden mm-hmm. and Sweden. Uh, uh, Like, they don't cultivate Pacific oysters, but the closest one is, uh, I think it's in Denmark, so they've been traveling quite a long... So they also farm them, or they are wild? They they farm them. This Pacific oyster doesn't naturally live in in Europe, but now it's, for example, in Sweden and and also, for example, in in Netherlands, it's uh, invasive species. Because they Mm.
0: escape? from yeah. the farms and that is where when you say you pick near the farm and there is a leakage is that like some of them are escaping the farm even though it's not animal that really i that much, right? yeah it's, it's,
1: it's more like it's not intentional escape but no. more okay. like leaking yeah okay. yeah yeah and then does it do an oyster move like in the mm. ocean? no uh, um, many bibles for example scallops they move, yeah. and also muscles. Even though they attach themselves with long threads, they have the capacity to move. Okay. Uh, but oysters, because they attach themselves very strongly, uh, they, it's called cementing. That they cement. They're also
0: very heavy, right? And like, mm.
1: and they yeah, they cement themselves to the to the
0: substrate to the surroundings, so they don't move. I mean, anyone who's tried to open an oyster shell to eat with a knife realized mm. how hard oyster shells are. Like, mm. it really is like cement or something. Hmm, you mean like
1: how they are attached to the just in general,
0: like anyone who has tried to eat an oyster and tried mm-hmm. to open will understand that like how hard a shell it is That is really mm-hmm. different from a muscle or something that it's yeah. like yeah. So when we say like cementing mm-hmm. is a good word in mm-hmm. a way because an oyster shell really is like rock hard, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, but with the
1: cementing I mean that they, they t- because they, for example, let's think that here on the floor mm-hmm. the, the oyster starts to move. It cements itself to the floor, yeah, so it's, so really it's cool. yeah, it's it's very kind of uh, uh, like um, um, hardly attached. Mm-hmm. Yo 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 yo. yo. Uh, but but the shells are very hard. But what is also interesting that in the farms the oysters grow more thin uh, shell. That in the um, like when they grow in in the like freely, mm-hmm. uh, the shell is a lot thicker, and this is like very easily uh, something that you can notice, mm-hmm. your, because probably like uh, well in the farmed animal doesn't need such a hard uh, shell because it doesn't have so many predators and so on, but in the wilderness or or, or in like wild conditions. Uh, it's protecting itself as well.
0: Mm. And like what kind of material in the farm do they use them to attach to? What I'm looking at in this picture you have, it looks more like um, wooden fences or some kind of like uh, like farming grid that you would have crops growing on or... Yeah, those are
1: actually like you can see um, in one part also that there are those sacks and that's kind of the, well, there are a lot of different kinds of methods of of farming oysters, and usually first um, they, the farmers they grow spots um, this, this like because oysters are first larvae. And what is interesting? Really? Yes, And what is interesting what? that in the end stage of, of being a larvae, the oysters they grow themselves to an eye spot, which is a pigmented eye spot. It's very different than our eyes. And then they grow a leg, and with that eye spot and the leg, they find the hard
0: substrate. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, leg, let's go back. An oyster wants to make a baby. What does it lay eggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now <laughs> this is also very interesting. This is the trippiest yeah. thing I've heard in a long time. So an <laughs> yeah. oyster lays some egg, and egg hatches. It becomes a larva. larvae is blind and cannot move. Larva blows, grows one eye and one leg. And yeah, this yeah, is yeah. sufficient to like navigate the ocean.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> then they find the, the the substrate. But what is interesting also that they have the capacity like to to de-attach if it's not suitable. If it's not, <laughs> so they will try out a rock and be like, no, nah. not let's find something else. <laughs> yeah. But what is also interesting that like. Um, Many oyster species, uh, they also have the capacity to change their sex.
0: Oh, yeah, but like barnacles and stuff also do this, Mm -hmm. like a lot of these um, animals that... ...bloodya in Danish, I don't know what they're called in English, but these kind of animals that are like... ...soft. Yeah. (laughs) In Danish we call them soft animals. But yeah, they they have this like a gender better um, yeah. capacity. Yeah, which is stuff. very interesting. But also, but it's like, practical, I guess, if you're stuck mm-hmm. on a rock and you can't move, you have to kind of like maximize your potential because otherwise, dating can be real hard. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you have to wait till someone attaches next to you, right? Mm. But also, like,
1: barnacles and then like uh, all muscles are so much like. Uh, Older form of life than mammals. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're like ancient. ancient. Mm, yeah. Like, I'm not sure if it's like double as old, but like almost. Yeah, wild.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so let's get back to the art for a moment because yeah. now it became this really interesting oyster oyster lecture, which is wonderful. But let's um, remember to tie it into yeah the art podcast. So you have made a series of very uh, minimalistic delicate photos of, of not whole oysters and not like half oysters but like pieces of oysters so like some of them are half a shell, some of them are whole some of them look like three halves attached to each other but but they're all shot in this very um, soft minimalistic studio photo light mm. and on a white background so did you like Collect them all and like clean them and bring them to a photo studio or yeah some of them like the ones from from France I've
1: been cleaning uh, but then uh, the ones uh, that are collected from Sweden they are actually borrowed from uh, Julia Loman who uh, works as a professor in in the university this is like interesting finding just these weird things like. Uh, because uh, I got this contact from another person that hey maybe you're interested in this Probably oyster else. shell collection. Someone like, else is Yes. With <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was lucky to to collect uh, uh, okay. Ati collection yeah. and, and, and and photograph them. Uh, so they those they have some sand and stuff, but uh, but 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 yeah uh, more about the pictures. So so there are like. And the point is to show the variety of of the shells. And you
0: show you're showing like the, how similar they are, but also how different. Yeah. Like it, it, it really, when it's presented in this way, where everything almost is just white in here, except for the wooden frames. You really see the the tonal tonality differences in colors, even though it's really subtle. Some of them are kind of purple. Some of them mm. are kind of yellow in this in the Shale, no shell. Shell mm. is the right word. So yeah, this way of presenting them really um, highlights. Yeah, and there's like
1: a, yeah, and there's like three pictures that there's uh, a stone uh, which but ah, uh, they're still yeah clinging on to <laughs> yeah, and 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 one uh, depicts just like one half shell uh, mm. um, attached to a stone. Like another one has like uh, shows where there's like a, one oyster has been starting to, to grow itself around a stone and, and then like hugging the little yeah, stone. Yeah, but then there's another half shell, like another oyster which has been attaching itself to the oyster which has been attached to the rock. Mm. Yeah, and then there's a picture of one rock which has like three oyster shells like cemented. Yeah, so it almost looks yourself. like a thicker animal or something. Yeah, but this yeah. is like more that in the big thing that's in the fact that in uh, in the so-called wild nature uh, the oyster would never choose, if we can use the word choose, to live alone. No, to yeah. just be like one
0: oyster in one normal recognizable shape. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, it makes more sense to look like a lobster like this one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay, so in that way it's a continuation because like, yeah, if other people, if you're interested the listeners and you didn't listen to the last interview with Harina, um, like we said, that exhibition was called The Other as Matter um, and it was about like the involuntary uh, collaboration that happens between humans and animals when you actually use a lot of materials and tools made with animal products. Hmm. As part of the art production, which often we do without recognizing it or mm. without like being able to um, escape it, or, mm. or or even notice like more even yeah. notice, yeah. yeah, exactly. So then you made a whole exhibition highlighting this and like considering it as a premise, but then so this is a continuation in the way that like um, the uh, animals as material, but also still animals with. Agency yeah. or like, what agency do we take away f- from them in our treatment of them in this mm. f- when we commodify them, right? Yeah. And are these photos life size of the oysters? No, some of them are bigger, right? No, they are all uh, slightly bigger. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I guess the biggest oyster I see here is like the size of my hand mm. or even bigger, mm. and I don't know. To yes. Do oysters get that big? Bigger. Uh, <gasps> this specific oyster, it can
1: like uh, in wild condition live up to 30 years old and 40 centimeters long. <gasps> 40. Whoa, that's like yeah. a head. It's huge. And, but the typical like age people eat them is three years. So it's like a Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. not so. Long. No, it, it's yeah. not so long. Yeah, but 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 oysters they like uh, they grow every every year.
0: Like, put so, in the okay, so in the farms they had to grow for three years before they harvest them. Usually, yeah, that oh, So that's why like, yeah. it's so expensive. Also, even mm. though it's farmed, it, because it's a super slow crop. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And this is like fast-growing oyster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But yeah. still, if you have to wait three years to yeah. harvest a crop, that's really slow farming. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But this is also maybe now I can mention that I come originally from south of Lapland in Finland. So you can imagine that in that forest I grew up, there were no oysters. And also oysters, they don't grow in the Baltic There's Sea. No because, the ocean. No, because Baltic Sea is like it has very low amount of. Of salt like the mm-hmm. salinity level is very low and also it doesn't have so much oxygen <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so so like um, this is like something that I haven't I wasn't very familiar like at all
0: Yo. Okay. Yo. Did, so, so yeah okay yeah so did you remember you remember the first time you tried to eat oysters yeah I've been eating like
1: maybe twice. Yeah, and, and I'm not, even though this project is, is like, it's very, st- like, it's still around, like, food industry and so on, because that cannot be escaped, because that's the reason why they are farmed. But I'm, like, personally not, not so interested in eating them, and, yeah, I don't really see the reason why to eat them.
0: I tried one time as a child. I mean, I've been a vegetarian since I was like eight, but I, I ate f- seafood for some years more yeah. before I stopped that as well. And I don't remember how young I was when I tried to eat oysters, but I, I did try it as a child one time, maybe for New Year's, that the family had splashed and, and bought like yeah. one bag of oysters for the whole party or something. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, I didn't really grow up with us eating like... Delicacy food all the time, but but like yeah, I remember trying it, did not like it, was about like spat it out, and my dad Mm -hmm. like catching the moment and being like, it's really expensive, (laughs) (laughs) having me spit it out in the shell, yeah, so that he could eat it instead, yeah, because he was like, you don't just like spit the oyster into the trash can, it's actual. Money, just like, I know, yeah, <laughs> but, but if we think
1: about ethics, like for example, salmon and octopus, it's like very easy to say like that's unethical, it's unethical to farm and, and to eat because they are so intelligent like animals, but then like the fact is that we don't know so much about like oysters, we know that they well they have the capacity to, to react, but how is their being in the world?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's hard to understand something that almost is a rock.
1: Yeah, it's it's like very um,
0: different than us. Mm. I am still now just mentally going back to the image of one a larvae with an, an ah. eye in one end and a foot in the other, like yeah. just uh, perusing the ocean bed to find a place to call home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's interesting, for example, scallops, they move a lot actually. Yeah, they swim, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I've been seeing some pictures of them swimming.
0: It's like. Ooh. <laughs> And so um, when you collected these ones that you collected yourself in France, did you like scuba dive for them or like how did you find them? No, because in, in Brittany the tides
1: are very strong. Okay. So uh, when there's a low tide you can walk like just on the seabed and like around the oyster farms like the multi-shores are full of shells. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Okay so like you literally just like walk around on the beach at low tide and pick them up? Yeah and and
1: at that time I had no idea still
0: what what I'm doing. Okay yeah Yeah. so you were just like material researching. Yeah and I
1: was thinking this is like there's something interesting Mm -hmm. in it but I still like didn't know like what but this happens to me often like for example the previous project uh, like when I was still a student uh, I went to Japan for an internship to this like woodcut workshop in Kyoto mm-hmm. and I knew that I'm not very like I'm not really interested in becoming a woodcut artist or producing a lot of prints but there's something so interesting about this and the like materials in here mm-hmm. like that let's go yeah, nice. I think yeah
0: it's very reasonable to not always know the end game of what you're doing or mm. why because honestly if I already have worked out a project to the end mentally I don't really feel the need to uh, do it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that's a problem with grand applications yeah that you have to deliver a full plan even like with exhibition uh, projections mm. And if I mentally have worked out the whole project and the whole concept and the visualization and everything, I feel like I've already done it. It's like yeah. it's like yeah. a simulation. I'm like done that game, next
1: yeah. level, whatever. Yeah, I think that's very like uh, it, it can be very bad for the work. But a colleague of mine say really wisely that like the, the, the point of the application is just to get the exhibition or the grant. And then what what you should do is to forget about everything you wrote (laughs) (laughs) and start over, like like don't stress about what you wrote. And And that's true, but I think I'm
0: so used to working conceptually and with ideas, so you know, like it really like becomes whole. Yeah, and it
1: it affects here. um, It affects
0: the process. But it's really nice to imagine you walking around the beach in France and like collecting shells and not knowing (laughs) what it's gonna turn into, but you like them? I don't know, it's very um, turn of the century. uh, Yeah, yeah. but did you (laughs) wear like a
1: good hat? Yeah, I had uh,
0: this, uh, is it straw hat? I actually did, (laughs) yeah.
1: It is a very like, romantic view, and, yeah. and, but this, this leads us to the, to the fact that people actually do collect a lot of shells because they, they are often very beautiful, like different mm-hmm. kinds of like scallop shells for example are very beautiful and you yeah. collect them often. But I think what people also, um, or we as humans, we often don't recognize that they are body
0: parts. Yeah, their limbs—they're like their corpses. Yeah. Or like, I yeah, none of these had live oysters in them. When you found them, then. Uh, or did some of them were some of them still alive? Not these, but I must say that um,
1: I accidentally also picked um, some which had uh, some like corpses inside, like still the soft tissue, and and I recognized the next day because of the smell.
0: Oh, so, you yeah. think they were actually alive when you picked them up, or do you think they were? No, alive I, don't, I don't think no, because so. Because when they're already detached, that's kind of a sign that they are already. Uh, well, actually, they up. don't
1: be attached because they, they, they have been attaching themselves with the shell, okay. which is like um, just mostly calcium carbonate. So, for example, uh, ah, okay. here, they, they will never detach themselves. Okay, yeah. What they do is uh, they will open the valves. The, oh the two parts of the shell, because the the valves uh, are attached with muscle. Mm. Uh, so, because if you open an oyster, you cut the it's, it's called abductor muscle. Uh, so that's how you do it, and okay. that starts killing the the oyster. Um,
0: so this is like. Um,
1: what happens when they die?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And when we pick them up, like it is, uh, it is actually like body parts. Yeah, yeah. But this is like also what I wanted to to
1: kind of show with the with this series of uh, kind of portraits of the shells. Uh, that there's like this fact that there's this what people find beauty, this like uh, shininess of the inside of the shell. Yeah. The but mother- then, is it mother of
0: pearl in English? I think it's called mother-of-pearl, a in Danish. Like the, the color? Or yeah. this kind of like, this oh, is the shiny thing inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then there's the kind of ugliness or what we find ugly. The rough. Yeah, guess like some of the shells, they um, they have uh, leftovers of, of other animals, like um, these small insect like things which live in the sea and they also live in the, the shells of them they are kind of predators for the, for the oysters
0: and uh, yeah like and they look like rocks mm-hmm. on the outside right mm-hmm. like and and they look well, not dirty but kind of or yeah. Yeah. Hmm. but it's camouflage yeah it is, yeah mm-hmm. So, okay, I like that you called them portraits, because they do kind of look like headshots. Is mm-hmm. that how you can Yeah, I was first
1: thinking to, to, to call this series like shell portraits, but I actually re- named it uh, Never Alone, mm-hmm. uh, like, be- because somehow, like, to call them portraits, that really refers a lot about this, um, like, shooting humans, like, yeah, and... So I didn't want to make too strong a uh, connection that's
0: like in in, in this this way. Mm. And um, so it's called Never Alone this photo series and some of the pictures literally are like uh, touching each other attached almost. Mm-hmm. Do they belong together? Like how did you decide which ones to group? Hmm. So um, so they are a little bit
1: unconventionally uh, hanged, so they, there are one, two, three, four levels where the, the images or the frames are, are hanged and, and and some of them are like the frames are attached uh, to each other and that's more like... Uh, Depicting the way, or kind of having a reference to the way how the oysters also attach mm-hmm. themselves to each other and to other hard sub uh, uh, surfaces, and I also thought that it's kind of like the tidal water going up and down.
0: Yeah, so they're a little bit like scattered over the walls. Hmm. So, hmm. can you talk a little bit about like the aesthetic choices of, yeah. of this photo series? Yeah, so I wanted to, because I,
1: I had, um, so, so this project, is, it, it comes in a uh, couple of exhibitions. Uh, the first one was in August in Titanic Gallery, which is in Turku. And then this is the, the middle exhibition. And then in January, there's the, the last exhibition in Oksasenkatu Gallery, which is uh, in Tölö. Yeah,
0: there is one episode from there, episode, oh, what number was that? maybe 19, Mm. um, with uh, Minerva and uh, Marlos who talk about sound art. Nice, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: So so in in Titanic I had uh, some photographs of of the shells with with black uh, background okay and that and there i also had some like
0: okay so the photos were shot on black background the the room was not black
1: no but it had quite black um uh floor okay and there was also like this installation on the floor and there i also had in the black background because this i i I use this like molten Mm -hmm. this this canvas this black canvas which is really sucking all the shadows and all the you kind use of everything. It also a lot for sound because mm-hmm. it also
0: sucks the sound waves. So yeah, like <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> nice material. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And there I also like had like uh together with the shells, uh all kinds of particles which had come off from the shell, like this this organic uh um material that the shell has uh, on top of the calcium carbonate. Mm. So they were more like, you know, shells in space or something. Oh, <laughs> they, okay. definitely... they stood out, right? Yeah, yeah. So here I wanted to, to try out more like natural background also because the space space is smaller and, um, and then I wanted to have, yeah, quite natural and... Somehow uh, neutral, yeah, not natural neutral, like uh, like background, which would emphasize rather the details uh, of the shell, and also this has, of course, then the sh- not of course, but they have this the, the shadow, which is then um,
0: more emphasizing the the objects. So when the you feature. were shooting them, were you shooting them on both black and white backgrounds, So you have both, or are you changing that in post-editing?
1: No, these I are guess. just shot with the with the white
0: background. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's true, we forgot to say that you can kind of see like a grey soft shadow from um, like, uh, so they look a little bit raised, like they're floating on the white background. Mm-hmm. Did you use like a two-pointed light? Yeah. I think when it's this white on white on white, you know, like white shells, and uh, because most of them are like open or white looking, mm. and then a white background on a white wall, it's very delicate, very light, and to me they look like pearls floating, like a pearl, ah. neck, like a broken pearl necklace on the wall.
1: yeah, <laughs> oh. and then like. Actually, there is a third part in the exhibition as well, which is on the floor. Yes, we forgot to talk yeah, about that and I was
0: putting my feet on it before and then I was wondering if I was actually stepping on the work.
1: Well, this is like what I I knew that this is what is uh, what is the nature of the work as well. So there are in different parts, um, um, like there's an installation made out of um, sea salt water, which has been drying and and it's in in different forms, mm-hmm. and the salt has been uh, when it when it's been drying, it's been creating these crystals, mm-hmm. and then the middle part, which is the big, biggest um, part, uh, it's it it has been starting to spread, spread because people
0: are walking on yeah. it. So it's like someone spilled paint, but then the paint is actually salt. Yeah, yeah. So I think many people when they
1: come here, they they carry some. Salt, which means like part of the exhibition with them. And And what
0: kind of like where did you get the salt from? Like, you is it from the ocean that you collected?
1: Well, this is sea salt, so it is is from the ocean, but I I, I, I bought it from the K market next to the (laughs) (laughs) gallery. Yeah, so unfortunately, which sea? We don't don't know, know. okay, we don't know, but all the waters in the world are connected, so yeah, sure, yeah. (laughs) And then there's also like on, on one, like, uh. But It's a real <laughs> oyster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like uh, a the, the shells. Yeah, yeah. And that's those. Um, there's like a two valves, uh, So the both walls of of one like farm specific oyster, uh, and that's three years old oyster. And that's from that farm, which is in the in the image. So I have been. Uh, so I, this I is can... one you collected. Yeah, yeah. I collected mm-hmm. it from 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 that farm, and um, so it's more to to depict that. That's that's kind of the difference. That's the farmed farmed oyster, Pacific oyster, like Mm -hmm. with the most typical age of of selling. And
0: very standard size, like five, seven centimeters long. Yeah. Isn't this like a pretty standard oyster? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, So that's kind of like to give um,
1: a reference of, of the shape. Yeah.
0: It's also like it's interesting. When we talk about this whole how they are actually corpses or and this like you know having a a bone from an animal or something you would really realize that it's from something that has been alive yeah but then having a shell like this or in the window pane in the summer house people have little shells and fossils they found And it's not the same as if they had a collection of bones. So if someone having like stuffed animals or like a cleaned bones or something, or teeth, then it really feels like very gothic or gory or some kind of, but then having shells and like fossils from the beach, people, they don't see them in the same way. But could you imagine in all the murkies in all the summer houses, if people had like a collection of teeth and bones?
1: (laughs) Yeah, like yeah. in the window and on the
0: on the table where we're eating and then people would be like oh my god like at a summer wedding like the napkin holders would be like <laughs> i or not know are yeah. but people use shells in this way right and yeah. it's not considered dirty or weird to have on the dining table i know and it's like uh, i think
1: it's also very cultural yeah, because in really? france for example in many like seafood restaurants i saw that they used, like, for example, scallop shells as mm-hmm. butter holders. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. But you would never use the skull of an animal in a no. restaurant, even in a place that serves game, like a uh, wild meat. Yeah. You would not have like s- sauce balls made from skulls. That oh, would no. be like a weird Viking yeah. yeah. gimmick. Yeah, and this
1: is, but it's very cultural, because, for example, like Finnish cottages cheese mm-hmm. are full of horns. They have antlers yeah. and stuff, that's true. They yeah. are full of these. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. this is some, something like, uh, I don't know if it's because for example like... Because here, you actually can find them, right? Yeah, because the, the, um, the animals, they drop. Yeah, so, so I,
0: I think it's maybe this hunter-gatherer difference that it's mm-hmm. like, did you kill it or did you just yeah. find it? But and with the shells yeah. you find them, and with the antlers or the horns often yeah. people find them.
1: Often people find them, but then there's the other sign which is the trophies. People do also yeah. hunt. Yeah, yeah but, but it's, it's interesting that people have different
0: relationship to the horns than mm-hmm. the know. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, even though it's part of the same matter, but they don't drop the skull. You need to kill it to find that <laughs> that's true. Um, and it has a lot of stuff inside. Like, but then again, mm-hmm. this oyster is the whole body, like except for the soft tissue inside. Mm. This is actually the whole like skeleton. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like what,
1: what? Like I think in the beginning, I also find it so interesting that because we have the hard matter, our bones inside mm-hmm. of us, and then. We are right. actually, we are so soft. On the yeah. outside. From the outside. It's very
0: unpractical. <laughs> it's so unpractical. Yeah. We are such a delicate thing. Things. Yeah, actually insects and oysters and stuff with their exoskeletons, they yeah. they have something going for them in this way. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's true. We are really yeah. fragile. Yeah. Imagine just a paper cut. Can I you know. know you like, can you actually, in the old days, a paper cut could give you an infection and you would die. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but this has <laughs> changed a little bit my like view of, of, of the human body as well. Like oh, some way Yeah, because now I also think it's like kinda of, we are such a big thing, it makes sense that we have the heart structure inside to you know to to keep us going and, and but,
0: but I mean exoskeletons, insects still move even and of the True. skeleton yeah. on the outside. Yeah. Uh,
1: do oysters make pearls? Uh, there is a type of oyster called
0: like pearl oysters mm-hmm. and they make, yo Because that's one thing also we didn't mention now with this like uh, different weird uh, judgment of different kinds of, <laughs> of matter or uh, parts that people wear pearls as uh, things but they would never wear like teeth even though yeah. and like I don't know like a pearl is kind of it's not even—it's not part of the thing, but it becomes part of the thing, and it's this yeah. weird. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's another aspect, but the, it's not commonly in oysters. So yeah, it's just—it's similar. Are oyster shells usually used for anything except for these like niche things of the Japanese? ink with the specific oysters and stuff but these Mm -hmm. types like from the oyster farms and when people buy to eat what do people use to do with the shells? well most of them go to landfills okay yeah
1: and but they Mm -hmm. have been used uh like say, trash you mean
0: or or yeah or
1: or also like this kind of landfills where they want to like in source create just matter like uh, like for Waves, for example. Okay, but most of them they don't like go to any like good use or anything. But humans have like a very long history with like eating the like uh, wild oysters, and throughout like thousands of years, like they've been used in different ways. Like, for example, like gravel has been one, mm-hmm. uh, and then as uh, some kind of building materials. And then as fertiliser, that's one, because they, like, well, they're called carbonate. so it's, uh, if you want to calcify your uh, garden, you can use uh, the the shells, yeah, pure calcium, yeah, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and in, in recent days, there's been also some project using them in making, like, like, some kind of ceramics, or, or even, like, yeah, like, different, like, Building materials, yes. but um, ah yeah, and one big uh, like uh, use is that these like grinded shells are used as a growing medium in oyster farms because okay. because it's been researched that oysters they really like to attach themselves to the shells of other oysters, so the also the whole shells, but also this like uh, more
0: like powder is used as a growing medium in farming. So this knowledge about the oysters' socio-cultural nature, if we can call it that, (laughs) Mm. uh, is used to manipulate them into easier farming.
1: Mm.
0: Hmm. That is I mean it makes sense, but like... uh, I will quickly pee Mm. and grab the rest of the coffee and then I will be back. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about like uh, your like this is an enduring process. So you said uh, it's part of a series of exhibitions, or this exhibition is almost on tour, or how do you? Approach Mm -hmm. this year, is it within one year? All of these three um, iterations of this work?
1: Yeah, so the project I started um, over like a bit over a year ago, like in in Paris in this residency. I was there June, July, and August, and then uh, for a year I was like processing. And then, well, the exhibitions are quite in a a short distance, so they are in half a year.
0: Oh, three exhibitions within mm. half a year mm. in three
1: different cities, uh, two different cities, and almost all the works are different. In in Titanic, mm. uh, only this uh, landscape
0: uh, photography was the same. Ah, okay. And yeah. so the oyster photos were they photos of the same oyster
1: shells, but different photos? Uh, partly partly from same, but but for example, this. This uh, collection from the coast of Sweden I didn't have yet did in, in Titanic.
0: And so for the next one in oh yeah that's also in Helsinki in Oksanenka too. Mm-hmm. Is it gonna be any of the same works or are they completely new? No is to have new works. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't
1: recommend this this pace. It's a mm-hmm. bit too too much. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It is. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but luckily, like like also. Like, I, I had just the first one uh, because it okay. was a duo exhibition with, with the Brazilian artist who was doing a project about lianas, uh, the hanging uh, uh, plants, mm-hmm. uh, so it's actually quite a nice combination of, of because both of these species are like, uh, like called ecosystem engineers in their environments and also they attach themselves, yes. they're parasitic in this way, not yeah.
0: parasitic as in they don't live off the host but they yeah. They yeah. attach themselves to very like.
1: They are like clingy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it was actually like very nice combination. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but but this space, for example, it's uh, uh, like quite small, and then also in Oksa and I'm just having uh, upstairs, and then there's Maria Valkeva doing a sound piece downstairs.
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, who is also working with Prince? Right. Yeah, she has a bit printmaking background. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's mostly
1: nowadays working uh, with some okay. like media art. Yeah, so
0: you're both like printmakers who have branched out <laughs> yes. into other mediums. <laughs> how has that been for you working as a photographer? Like, um, did you already know how to do that, or did you have to like learn new skills or relearn your practices?
1: Yeah, I think for me, my art practice is constant, constantly learning new skills, mm-hmm. uh, for example, for the previous project, for that I learned how to do those like uh, water-based woodcut prints and mm-hmm. uh, I still wouldn't call myself a photographer because my like
0: technical skills are not in such a high level, but they are like good enough, I would say. I mean, photography can be low-fi. It doesn't need to be a specific way to be called photography. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but,
0: you <know>. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but so, how do you decide? Like, and does it start with an idea? And then, how do you decide what technique or medium to use? How to, to like to convey that idea? Mm-hmm. Because. I mean, this could have been shown in many ways. It wouldn't have had to be photographs, Raps, right? Yeah. So I understand with the woodcut that it's a very specific old technique. And mm-hmm. even though you could present it in new ways or different, working with the same old method makes sense. But here, presenting oyster shells, you could have done it in any possible way you could yeah. imagine. So how do you work with something like this? How, When or how do you decide that photo is the right medium? Show.
1: Yeah, uh, I usually like consider different options and then uh, I try to, to listen to my intuition that what is like the best for the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in Titanic my aim was first to work with this uh, photopaste printmaking technique where the results are always black and white, mm-hmm. but I like find out that uh, the black and white, it just creates distance, which wasn't good. What do you mean? because mm, um, I wanted to have the uh, the actual colors of the shells, even though they're quite white, uh, but they have different tones. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I totally do. It's a little yeah. bit like
0: going to Lapland in the winter and you think everything will be black and white because and of the snow all, yeah. and then you realize that the sunshine in the white like has a rainbow colors and yeah. like, the shadows are like yellow and blue and yeah it's not just black and white yeah so similar to this like from a distance they see monochrome
1: or like something but they're not yeah but also in Titanic i I was presenting uh, a lot of the actual shells and here i'm having only one Uh, and this the next is for me an open question but i'm interested in that what is the difference when you have a photography of something and when you present the actual matter the actual thing that the, what, what is that
0: difference? Because it is representation. Mm. The photo is a representation mm. of something. And what do you think happens? Because this is, has a lot to do with material mm. agency, right? Yeah. Which is something I have been considering a lot this year mm. due to my thesis and mm. stuff. But it also comes up in other conversations with people. Mm, like with Laura Dalberi recently, for instance, in HAM as well. Mm. So you, when you say that there, it creates a distance doing a black and white print because you lose some of the tonality and personality mm-hmm. that the shell actually has yeah. and some yeah. of the chari- characteristics that has to do with the agency of the material that you're like removing part of what it is and it doesn't present itself as it would normally do. Yeah. And so what do you think happens when you present a Naturalistic photo of it. It's the same, and this is like one kind of view of,
1: of the object, and this is creating distance as well, but because you fix it in a position mm-hmm. and in yeah. a perspective. And, and like you, uh, of course, also in like if you bring things to space, you with the lighting of the of the gallery or anything, like it gives uh, like different kinds of uh, views of of the things or, or the matters. But but here if I like like for example here when I uh shop them in a studio, like in a certain light, uh, I make decisions. Like even Yeah yeah. It's yeah. that they become very dreamy, yeah. they're almost
0: floaty and also yeah. I was wondering like how do you decide which way to to turn them? Because mm. like we talk about them as if they're portraits or headshots but like with a normal portrait or passport photo or something mm-hmm. like there's a specific Standard way that the head is flipped and turned. Yeah. But with a shell like this, how do you decide what is up and down, what is front and back? Like, mm-hmm. right. well, I perhaps just like thinking, how
1: does it look? No, yeah. How how does it look the most interesting? But also that what kind of data information uh, different uh, positions uh, are giving. For example, if I show the back, what kind of Information is that giving to the viewer. What, is, what is an example of
0: information in this context?
1: Oh, like how, for example, it's being attached to different things, and
0: what 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 is seen?
1: Okay, yeah. so like
0: that you can see the traces of its history. You can see. Yeah, yeah. For for example, there you can see there's
1: something blue. Most of the people don't probably uh, get that information that is actually a part of. Uh, like blue muscle, mm-hmm. uh,
0: that blue part. Oh, well, for me that was very clear, but I grew up in yeah. that part so Yeah, we have yes. like millions of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then like showing the other sh- other
1: side, it, it shows rather like the shape, mm. but not the attachment.
0: Okay. So you have been not only interested in how they look like uh, detached from their meaning just as like pure shapes and mm-hmm. colors, but actually to kind of read them as maps or, or yeah. clues, yeah. and to like investigate about them just from what they tell themselves. Yeah,
1: and I think like here to show a photography like which is slightly bigger than um, the actual thing. I I, I, th- I say thing, not an object, because it's a bit different Do you meaning.
0: Thing is like m- more empathetic than objects. Uh, I don't know. I think it
1: has more more agency. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's the, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> because here I'm making these decisions also that because I am here the storyteller even though the um, the oysters and their shells as well. But I have been making the deci- the decisions like what the viewer is seeing. So in that way, I'm the storyteller. Like because even like I brought the stuff in here. <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah.
0: And then you retell the story to the audience who do not spend as long time with them. Yeah,
1: but then this I don't know no. uh, is it like this? But I also feel that it's somehow protection not to. Even though I I know that the oysters they they don't give a shit if I show their shells here or not because I don't think they care about this thing. Yeah, of we project a lot onto them. Yeah, also I know. Yeah. yeah, but but some. But, but some Kind of also though that it, this is I don't know is it like is it more violent to
0: to take pictures or show the body parts? Oh, to show them to like have them on display as this body's exhibition, yeah. but yeah. They, these have not consented to be part of that. Yeah, this is like uh, the open question for me, and I don't know.
1: Like, uh, I mean, okay, so but so I'm th- interested in this this for, question. For yeah.
0: those listeners who are not like. Like studying within fine arts and being like taught to to consider material and objects and, and subjects in this way. This is on a very like um, extended and minuscule level. Uh, because like you say, the oysters don't give a shit. But we are taught ethically to consider our art practices in this way. Because there might be other subjects... Who do actually Mm. care? And also conceptually, it means something, Mm. and it means something for what we are saying and how and the the audience might not realize, but it will become an intrinsic part of the work how you choose to tell the stories Mm. and how you choose to present material. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it sounds a little bit like is that really necessary to spend all this time (laughs) wondering (laughs) about it? But it's a little bit like why do you choose the color you do, or why do you choose the kind of paint, or yeah, they make it, a lot of differences. Yeah. yeah, it does, and there could be many different reasons for choosing something. It can be pure materialistic, uh, pragmatic something. It can be about shape, form, or it can be about concept or or like idealistic present mm-hmm. representation of mm-hmm. something, and so. Yeah, (laughs) it's like I have a whole, full, long chapter in my thesis about this. Ooh, I want to read it because I I have this whole like during my project, this anthropomorphic aspect of the work really appeared. I didn't know that it was such a strong part of the work until I started like writing about it a lot and also like editing and I don't know suddenly it was about all these machines that were like my roommates and not just machines and how you know they look fixed but then they sound like they're alive and since it's a sound work I'm like yeah then became this magic realism and yeah so I wrote a lot about this. So your thesis will it be
1: uh, uh, like public or like on the internet? It is. It's already. I, I don't know
0: how quickly they do Yo. it if they wait till it's approved mm. after the exam, maybe. Mm. but yeah, uh, it well, so, so it can be found online? Oh yeah, sure, I mean, you also just let me know, I will send it to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what I wanted to say is that um, one part about this whole well, empathy and ethics and extended mm. empathy is that like, wow, it's really great and that you can like consider ethics to these like material levels and stuff but we also make the human mistake of projecting exactly human agency and emotions onto inanimate objects which is not necessarily being like empathetic it's just like i don't know being one side minded or you know <laughs> yeah <and laughs>
1: understanding the difference like yeah. uh, for example that the bibles are very different to us and mm-hmm. they care about like very different things than we do yeah yeah mm.
0: but of course it does have to do with like the holistic idea of everything when you start yeah. considering the material agency of oysters and stuff maybe it like transports itself through like the whole process of working with something that comes naturally from the wild from the ocean and mm. the nature and yeah but mm. what i like often, actually, consider in my work
1: is that what are these like material paths that we have in in the world, but also in art world that we use like uh, or, or we actually like like carry things around the globe to a certain place and then we present them mm-hmm. like um, in one like one space. And what does that mean, like, uh, oh, what, yeah. or what kind of connection does that is like. Yeah, uh, when you remove I mean, something out
0: of its natural context, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like, uh, it's displacement. Yeah, because yeah. here actually, like,
1: because uh, I go, um, yeah, but this is also like, I don't know if this makes any sense or what's the difference, but I'm also thinking because I go back to this residency in Paris, like, uh, uh, next summer, so I'm thinking to, because yeah. I don't know what to do with this, like, uh, the shells I, I still have, so well, I'm thinking. Oh, that you collected there. Yes, yeah,
0: so I'm thinking to just bring them back and like let them go into the wild again, or or well,
1: what? this. Th- I don't know if there's any like use in those environments for these shells, no, because
0: they're like not naturally <laughs> part of this place, right? Mm. They are brought there for farming
1: yeah and then they've been like rewilding in there mm-hmm. uh, i think this has more to do with like animistic ideas like uh, like these kind of things that do you have the right to um to take a part of a mountain and bring it somewhere else for example in japan when i with my asian friends i climbed the mount fuji and i was thinking i will take a stone from there and my friends were like don't do that. Because like, <laughs> the
0: mountain has a soul. And yeah, yeah it's going to be mad at you. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you feel like maybe you've violated the ocean or the oysters? Yeah, I don't, or I kind of. of I, I don't really
1: think, but I'm just rather thinking that... Because uh, I also think that we just borrow materials. So I'm thinking, like, what to do with this? Well, I mean, we borrow everything. Yeah. <laughs> we are here for a while. We borrow yeah. the earth
0: and the life. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly not really ours. It's just, it's every once and then for such a short time that it is a little bit like a library loan. It is, yeah. it is, yeah. Can I please have a life? How long can I take it? <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of site,
1: tools, or spaces, or whatever yeah. can I have? Yeah, because one option is just also to put this to to bio waste. Oh yeah. Or actually, yeah, I don't know if bio waste is the right place. Maybe I need to call this uh, recycling uh, <laughs> office and ask what to do. Keratiskenskus. <laughs> oh yeah, for making uh, <laughs> <with> necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: or you could like place them around Lapland in the forest and have like fully symbolically do like a pilgrimage tour of of displacement and like decide to do it as a ritual. Yeah, but this action, is, yeah, with, with well, intention. <laughs> well, actually, something similar.
1: Now it's bad. I'm telling all my work ideas, but but a don't of, steal them. Yeah, but a friend of <laughs> mine, she's having a, a a garden in in Helsinki. Uh, which is, which is old seabed. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe I could just grind these and uh, give them to her as fertilizer or with oh, her, yeah. like, fertilize, calcify the, the old seabed of the Baltic Sea. Yeah, to grow potatoes or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's also yeah. nice. Yeah. And then you could eat them.
0: Boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, consume mm. your own work. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow. Um. That was a good uh, deep dive of oh, pun intended. <laughs> uh, I want to move back a little bit to the the project aspect of doing three exhibitions hmm. in half a year and also uh, uh, continuing the talk we had in the kitchen before we started recording. So you graduated four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. And mm-hmm. so you are mm. in this part of your career mm. where it's like keeping active and making mm. things happen because you have to like build a name for yourself, right? Yeah, like, and... Like, uh, like grab your chances uh, and... Exactly, and I'm trying, it, it, it's, I think it's about trying to survive. <laughs> also? <laughs> yeah. Surviving, but also I mean like like you said you would not recommend having three exhibitions in half a year, but why did you end up doing that? Mm. Like, I think... Um,
1: uh i think it's 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 the question of of surviving as well for example in the beginning i was about to have only this uh exhibition uh in hippolyte mm-hmm. but then i was ask, asked asked uh, around well less than a year well around actually a year ago to have also the the show in, in titanic and that was a super nice offer because it's It's a gallery I really, really like. It's a nice gallery. It's a super nice gallery. And then uh, I was asked uh, to do the show with this other Brazilian artist. And there was like a a fee as well that we could get both as artists. And this is really rare. I mean, honestly,
0: this semester i have been doing performances that i didn't have time Mm -hmm. for just because there was a fee because i've been so poor that i needed to do a paid job yeah 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 and
1: then uh that's a job opportunity
0: yeah but but also like
1: um it's quite difficult to get uh a gallery like exhibition slot from that gallery like i've been applying like maybe four years Isn't or something it's yeah it's pretty really yeah, yeah, small yeah. we will maybe. add
0: a link in the show notes so people mm. can check it for those who don't know it it's a small gallery in Turku which is a city on the west coast of mm. Finland and it's kind of like by the little canal by the water, almost like under the street yeah. it's like wow it's really it's a wonderful but it's tiny it's not actually tiny it's like 70 square meters oh for even more yeah it feels very small intimate somehow it's, no. not so it's, it's not so small. It's not so small. No, 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 no. I don't know. Oh, maybe I've just been there to where it was like, uh, turned into like a video black box. And maybe, filmed really yeah. Like yeah, smaller. no, no, it's, a, and it's in two rooms actually. It's, okay. It's, yeah.
1: um, it, it's not so small, I, I wouldn't say. I think I have yeah. only
0: seen video works there where it's been really dim uh, the lights and yeah. like black box style. Yeah. But, yeah, but back to the question. Okay, yeah, sorry. Like, uh, <laughs> but that, that was a
1: very, very nice opportunity yeah. and mm-hmm. so of course you grab it oh yeah because like um these these like offers they don't like come all the time yeah. and also i'm in the beginning of my career so i kind of don't think i have um uh, well of course i have the right to say no to everything but at the same time i'm trying to they won't ask you
0: again two months later <laughs> yeah i like yeah.
1: trying to build up some kind of career if that's what you can say uh, to have the show in there, mm-hmm. and, then, and then with this like, Oksasenkatu, because I have um, kind of already the work plan for that, and I kind of think that this, if this project doesn't have the last part, which I've been planning it to have, uh, then the project is not finished. And also so, in, in Helsinki oh, it's that... Oh! Uh, and in any case... Because I you to, already
0: mentally planned it out? Yeah, yeah. you yeah, I mean, already write the project plan? Yeah, it's no, just, because now I, I
1: still feel that this project is like it's in the midway and mm-hmm. there's this last part missing. So I kind of think that it's now to just finish it and uh, push a little bit. So mm-hmm. it really is a
0: triptych, this project. Like, um, like a, you know, one of these old paintings that is in three parts. So, two parts yeah. is a diptych, and then three parts is a triptych. I don't know what it's called, when it's more than three. Yeah. But it's these things that, like, each panel of the painting is like a separate part, but they belong together and it's the mm. full story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. okay. Yeah, and then, like, what I'm also.
1: Dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> is that in springtime or latest, like uh, next summer. I have time to write mm-hmm. something like a text. You want to make a publication about the work? Well, that's been a, as well the plan, but let's see, like h- how much I have time and think it would make sense Because it is kind of
0: like a thesis project, but mm. then not within the school. Yeah. Like restraints of yeah. time limits and formats, but but when you've been working with something for a year or two and going through all these different stages uh, and iterations I, know, I think why it right like, <laughs> it, it be, is research yeah it would be
1: very good uh, for the project and actually I'm very interested in, in artistic research mm-hmm. even though I still don't know like what could it mean for me and uh, what are the, all the possibilities but I think like um, at least like to write, uh, about the whole process. I think for me personally also it would be good to kind of understand all the nuances. And yeah, something what different what happens in the brain thing. when you yeah. treat the material in different ways. Yeah. So writing
0: is one method. Exactly. Mm. Oh, but I mean, I understand but there's like a good opportunity comes. So like when did you apply for this one? And this and I applied and also and like Oxford Oxford. Oxford.
1: Oxford. well, Oxford, but Oxus and I also applied um, uh, not for next year, but the year before. And they said that this time we can't give you the slot, but then I, I got this,
0: so... So it's also, you mm. didn't apply to have them this shortly no. after each other, but then that's how... The opportunities came. And and honestly, I'm realizing more and more in my life and in my work that in this career, we should ideally always uh, schedule time within any project and Mm. within our calendars that um, first of all there's time to get sick or something goes wrong with materials or because you know when you work with stuff like something can go wrong in the process you can wait for an order that doesn't come or you know you can lose your hard drive with all the photos whatever a lot of things so we kind of should always schedule flexibility within the schedule that something can happen, mm. that we are not able to work or we have to redo steps. And then we should kind of always ideally have space in between projects that an opportunity comes along and you can actually grab it without killing yourself. Yeah, Because that is how it works, things ca- happen. People ask you to do things, they see mm. something, they're like, oh, would you like to do this other thing? And you kind of have to grab these things when they come, because they don't exist in a year, like they are like now, and then they are perfect for one reason or the other, either it's too good to say no to, or it just fits exactly with what you're interested in or working with, or or, you know, but often we already have maxed our calendars, so like any extra is really like counting the hours that you will be able to sleep less in mm-hmm. order to fit an extra project on top of something else yeah. and and it's just not viable in the long run it's not a yeah. sustainable way to build a career
1: yeah and i think in some uh in some cases it's also just good to say no to things uh, yeah but when you're early on yeah it's really hard it, it, it is and also like um uh, this balancing with all all the aspects of this um, this profession, it is quite difficult, I must say, and then, because then there's also the fact that you need to get money from somewhere, mm-hmm. and I've been lucky, like, having working grants as well, but for example, now I also work half-time at the art university, like, I'm a printmaking technician, um, and that's, like, one way of just surviving, because I need to yeah. get some... And pay, pay my bills, but that's also like, like, like two and a half days of my week. I'm there, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: That you cannot use on this. But I think one of the main problems or culprits of this way of work that we don't recognize because it's invisible mm. is this aspect of time that um, we are not just engaged with one project at a time. Mm. If you are only in one open work process you all your brain capacity like your arm everything can go to that <sighs> if you have like multiple projects or processes open you use or waste a little bit of your like capacity just having these tabs open yeah and so and then also going to salary work
1: or having this and these. Exactly, and, yeah.
0: everything is like an extra tap, an extra part of your like yeah. resting. What my friend told me about it in his company, that it's like agility management. There are like software programs and research that means that people know in big companies that a, a task to like to do one task at a time and then do the next is more efficient than mm-hmm. working on multiple tasks at the same yeah. time. And they know this within big companies because they have the resources to allocate their workforce so that the company in as a total is the most productive. Mm-hmm. We don't have the luxury because we have to do pre production and actual production and post production of every project ourselves. So that means while you're actively working on one exhibition, you are applying for the next one yeah. so you're writing project plans and visualizing exhibitions for the one you're going to work on next year while you are making the works for the one that you're hanging in a week and at the same time you are editing documentation photos from the last one that you did last yeah. month so that you can actively do PR for the last one and the current one and the next one all within the same month because that is kind of it just works and that is the way to stay visible and to kind of like have a profile as an artist in motion right like you yeah. are actively alive you're in demand you yeah, have things happening exists. in the past and the present yeah. and the future but it's exhausting it's very exhausting but this is like the thing
1: that when you are in the middle of your process like artistic process you need to already think about your next step, yeah, because you need to apply for funding,
0: for exhibitions.
1: And you know that the current one
0: is going to be the basis of <laughs> what people will pay you for the next one, Yeah, and so you cannot let go of the last one, because that is still the foundation of what mm-hmm. you're going to do in the future, yeah. which is why it really makes sense to do what you have been doing with this, I think, to have like a series of iterations within the same subject matter or... The same theme, or like, yeah, otherwise, like, I think
1: it would be impossible, like, in this show, of, like, uh, notice actually for at least for me,
0: yeah. And but I mean, one thing is that it's really interesting to see what happens with the material and your relationship to it when you keep retreating it, mm. but another thing is that, like, it looks really professional to have a whole year scheduled out where you. Have like one research project going mm-hmm. on. I think actually for funding, this is the way to go. So it not like. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. Mm. Uh, um, it looks invested from the outside also, not just like jumping around. Mm. My project is, or my problem is often that I jump around a lot, and mm-hmm. I, I mean that I do have multiple interests. I do, and yeah. it keeps me alive. Yeah. But it's unpractical, and uh, a lot of people think it looks like unambitious um, or like uh, mm. confusing. I think. Mm. But think the, but the fact is also that artists are
1: also so different. Like there are like such a different uh, type of practices. Yeah. And for me, it takes always like crazy a long time to think what to like. What are my topics, or what what would I like to? to do next, like mm-hmm. what kind of projects I would like to, to have, that's why it's, for me it's also easier to, to have a bit longer term, like multi-year projects, mm-hmm. because it takes ages to like, to think <laughs> like, after this I have no idea, like, well I have some ideas what could be interesting, but...
0: But when you're going back to the same residency in Paris, is it a continuation of this project, or...? Yeah, I go there kind of
1: to to end, project. Oh, like a blue yeah. circle? Yes, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a very ritualistic, yeah. that's nice.
0: Yeah. Are you gonna have a session or a seance or something? Mm. Are you gonna have some kind of like um, ritual session or like a, mm. well, I, like I, a marking? Yeah, I
1: will have an open studio, which is okay. like, a, I had an open studio event also uh, a year ago and uh, and there I, I, my plan is to, to present the whole project mm-hmm. and so that's somehow Mm a ritual and maybe I I think I will do one trip to to come out to the oyster shore did you get to
0: visit the oyster farm ever? yeah yeah that's just like um, next
1: next to the uh, main harbor so Mm. you can just go there and and walk around oh it's open wow yeah but it's like uh, if you want to go there you should have like a very proper shoes because that's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> very muddy. Oh, okay, <laughs> of course, yeah.
0: And so when it's high tide is this covered with water? Yes. Um, and this mm-hmm. picture, you said that was in the last exhibition? Yes. Was it the only color picture there? And now it's the only real color picture here? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, is, it gonna, yeah. is it going to be in the last
1: one also? Mm, that's not the plan. Let's see, but that is not the plan. Okay. Yeah. Oh. But it's yeah, the kind normal. of would be nice uh, that the, like one work travels to all the three.
0: I don't know yeah. somehow, and if it's the only like, with, it's not strong colors. It's like beautifully sand and colored, and then with turquoise and blue, but compared to the rest of the room, it's quite strong mm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what is the residency called? Again, we will add a link to it. Sitte des Arts. I'm and sorry about pronunciation. Aakts. <laughs> and does it have something to do with oysters or this place? No, no not at all. But it's a very nice residency. Like
1: uh, There's a the Finnish foundation that you can apply through and Finland actually like uh, was um, found founding found that residency in the sixties together with some, or, or there were some Finnish people uh, uh, founding it. Uh, so that's why like Finland has a very strong re- representation there. There's like nine residencies, residency apartments, all the Finnish people
0: in this one city. Before. Yeah, but this
1: this residency center is huge. Like right. it's it's in the center of of, of Paris in Le Marais. Um. There's. There are like like two hundred and fifty residence apartments. It's it's like a village inside Paris. And yeah.
0: So did you choose it because like you knew you were gonna go to work there with oysters or no? This is like can't forget <laughs> about the
1: the the. Like our profession, I apply because that's an
0: opportunity. Oh, I have yeah. an opportunity to live for free in Paris for three months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I try to apply. Yeah. Life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. There is a like a fee of, for the residency that it's not for free, but then you yeah. can apply for like a funding grant so, yeah, or yeah. movability. Yeah, I mean, I know
0: artists who live in this way, they don't ever have a regular home. They just like move from residency to residency and then they just like live in the world wherever they are offered to be. So they apply to like multiple countries, multiple places, and then they kind of wait and then they're like, oh, so I will be in this place for the next half year. Yeah. I don't know, like maybe for some people that suits. Yeah, but like, I like mean, nomadic artists. Yeah, yeah, but for me, like,
1: like uh, being in a residency, it's also very consuming because there you are very alone with your work. Yeah, and there's usually um, you may have some duties still to do, like uh, the place where you live. But usually, like, what you have in there is like your work and yourself. So you're very like face to face with. Yeah, with your
0: practice and with yourself. And yeah, actually I did a whole um I did a whole podcast episode. I can't remember which number it was, but about um the HIA presidency nice. in uh, in cable factory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is one I can't remember what number it is, but you can see like it the theme is residency. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, about this, where it is like you are quite alone and you're in a place Mm. you've never been before, maybe, and you came there with a plan or maybe just to check out the place, but that there is no one to talk to about it, maybe Maybe there is or maybe not, or, Mm. yeah, yeah. But also like you said before we started maybe it can also be a place where you can rest a little bit because you don't have your normal schedule mm. that you need to yeah. to. But also here it's
1: good like in a residency to try to think what are your own goals because often like it might feel that the demands are too much for example to do your art, get to know the new place and the culture mm-hmm. and get to know the like artist community and then also try to rest and enjoy and it's like, but how do you do all
0: of this <laughs> <laughs> at the same time? And also if you have a work plan and stuff and then you arrive in a place you have no idea where to buy materials or you, and yeah. you don't have any tools with you, yeah. And, yeah, like when I came here for my entrance exam to the art academy yeah. I just came with hand luggage from Denmark and then I was here for six days having to create art on the spot every day for six days and everyone else, they brought like rolls of big canvas and buckets yeah. of paint and stuff and, you know, all this gear, all these machines and stuff. And I I had just swiped my desk into my backpack. Yeah. Because that was... A, so I opened my backpack and I was like, what did I bring? Well, the highlighter pens and post-its and tape and... But it works out. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, carved the post-it block into a sculpture <laughs> and, I dissolved the highlighter pens into soap water and I painted with soap bubbles that were fluorescent and like, I built a UV lamp to show the paintings that you could only see on the black light. Yeah, yeah, no, I did a lot with it. But it was a little bit like shit. Yeah. Normally I would have printed a lot or something, but I yeah. couldn't bring my printer, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes I guess on a residency it's similar in this way that absolutely yeah. You are not distracted by all the things you have at home or in your workspace. But you also don't have them when you need them. (laughs) Exactly. Mm. Okay, I think maybe we have been quite nice, like uh, now I have just like all these ocean images in my mind, so it feels like we've been surfing and diving and like going on and uh, off waves (laughs) of this (laughs) topic. Is there anything that I forgot to ask you or something you wanted to mention?
1: No, I think we have been... Dive. we have diving quite well deep, yeah, yeah. deep dive
0: but I mean also it's nice that it was a continuation so if people want to hear more related to this topic but like um, within different medium and different like in the other one we talk about cows a lot more <sighs> <laughs> then go back and listen to episode 5 which is like yeah yeah nice I didn't even listen to the last episode before this because I forgot in the last days. <laughs> and so I did I don't know if we repeated ourselves, but I don't think so. No. Nice. And when can people see the next one? Uh Boxa uh, second? Yeah, so uh, mm, how long is this on? This is still for two weeks. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe. So this episode will not it will come out in a week and a half. Hmm.
1: Perfect, so for the last week. So if you're, you're then, listening and you're in Helsinki,
0: you have a few days. <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> and the, the, the show in Oksesengladu will be in next year in January and the opening will be maybe uh, in the first week of January. Like. We, we, yeah. we will add a link like, to the
0: gallery so people can check it out and of course also can you mention your website and social media so people can find uh, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my
1: website is uh, harinaraina.com, I think. And then just my Instagram is uh, harinaraina. Yeah. And we will
0: add links in the show notes again, of course. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. And thank you for talking. And again. thank you for this nice talk. Yeah, wow. My first ever revisiting guest. Perfect. Yeah, oh yeah, and I realized actually that I was happy you go on residencies and take these opportunities, I forgot to say, like you say, yeah, you have to grab them, but also that's kind of how we really know each other, right, because you were going, on exchange or a residency. Yeah, that was my internship. Yeah. You your internship, you were working on an internship to yeah. Japan yeah. and subletting letting your apartment, and I rented your apartment. Yeah, you took so good care of it. Yeah, it was like the second place I lived in Helsinki ever, so I was brand new in town and like needing a place to live and Halina was grabbing one of these traveling artist opportunities yeah. and this is, so you. I got a really nice home for a few months And we got to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. And it's like an extra extension of an opportunity and a residency. I kind of got an internship in your house. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it.